Hello and welcome back to the Time Turner Collective. Woo! Here we are again. Yeah. Month number five. Point two. Two point five. Two point five. And there's another train. Way. Would it be Ew. us if there wasn't a train? Yes. No. That's what I mean. <laughs> this month we're discussing Rebecca by Daphne Dumas Maurier. 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 Depending. Daphne on... de Maurier. Depending on where you're from. Um, from 1936? Eight. Eight. I thought eight, and then my brain said six. No, I'm sure then... it's 1938. We're here with Anna again. Hello, I'm back. She's yes. back. I think I might have done this episode this, this month last time. Possibly June. Which will... Yeah, good open. We'll have a look. I'm gonna have... Let me see. Good omens was... May! Yay! And Tinker Taylor was April. April. Cool. And yes. And then, and then now we June know we was Cat. Could... Yes, on the road. I'm just going to pretend that you've just asked me that question. Wow, we were here again last year. I but know. we weren't here. Wow. None of us were in this house last year. No, we're no. now finally together filming. Yeah. And this is the first month, forever. first episode in ages that we can just all sit together. Yeah, and... we don't have people on the phone. It feels really cosy and it feels yeah. really like the vibe of the podcast. Yeah. yeah, we're all just sitting in my bed, by the way, and as in me, Laura. I'm have prudence. Um, no. Amelia is stealing my bear. <laughs> um, we're all just sitting. Anna's in pyjamas. Here's an expose. No. <laughs> Having a cup of tea. Since we're filming at 6.30 in the morning. Yes, Clearly. Should we do context? Yeah. Okay, so... Once again, as always Daphne. for the 30s, we are uh, always between the wars. Yes. The war is not mentioned at all in this book. No, it doesn't feel very relevant. There's some soldiers. I think it's because um, there's, like, Or not soldiers, people. but, like, yeah. I think it's also just not Cornwall. about the war. Yeah, exactly. And it's Cornwall, so it's not very... It's quite detached. It feels yeah, more like... From what's going on. Daphne's, like... It feels weird saying Daphne, because my sister... Like, so every time I say Daphne, you're going to have that as well. But you call... Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. I think I would say Daphne de Mario. That's just the same name, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But I think... I think her family's French. Yeah, but my family's Dutch and I don't say it the Dutch way. Interesting. What's the Dutch way? Daphne. Daphne. It's just the English way and then... Like, I wouldn't no, say I would, Laura I would have always either. said... Daphne. And I wouldn't Daphne. pronounce your name Daphne. just the Dutch way. Yeah, like, um... Like in Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo, yeah. yeah. She's Daphne in Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. But that's different, I'd say. That's how I've always said it. Yeah, but that, like, I feel like that name is, div- I don't know, that feels more American to me. Daphne Damore. I, I, I get that. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but it's that. more like her life, I feel like, rather than the context of the 1930s in general. Yeah. yeah. Like, also, it's set at Cornwall, it's like... Yeah, I also think because it's very kind of melodramatic yeah and more idea focused it doesn't really need that context it's like it's like hiding away to read a little yeah it's more like fictional yeah, it's, it's, also yeah. because i think her family are very 
bohemian and like they were all artists. Rich, yeah. they, were they were rich weird. they were rich but they were like the bohemian part of like yeah like shagging yeah they were, mm. they were shagging each other they were what her and her dad yeah her and her dad were shagging really? each other. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was like I not really touched upon overtones. with the first cousin thing. Yeah. Which I know was like at that time a little bit less. Wait, I'm I sorry, what? Extreme. She was shagging her dad? Yeah. I don't know if she wanted it. I See, oh. I kind of got that from some of the articles I was reading about how she is Mrs. De Winter and Maxim is her dad. And I was like, I was like, that seems odd, but daddy issues, I guess. There are some excerpts from her biography that I had to read for a project mm-hmm. and it's very weird yeah and I think she had a lot of sexual repression I yeah. don't think being involved in incest helped that because she was yeah. fruity mm-hmm. she was yeah but the she, book like what with I... her dad's ex-lover mm. that she had an affair with her, one of her dad's lovers but yeah before I started book I was expecting it to be a lot more Erotically intense yeah. than it was, especially yeah. because on the first second kiss. page or something is like he held her shaft and I was like what? But it was just like a normal shaft. But I was like oh here, here come the innuendos. <laughs> but there weren't really any innuendos after that. It just started yeah. off very strong. There was then. just like one bit I think where they were like a couple of bits maybe where they were kissing and there was yeah. one bit where it was implied that they. I don't. It's just a mention of undergarments. Yeah. I know, I think they do, but it's quite an asexual novel. Like, the sex is between the lines. Yeah. Mm. Because they definitely have... Like, her and Maxim definitely have sex. Like, on their honeymoon, it's definitely implied. And then a little bit later on, it's... But then I feel like after the events of the novel, they don't have sex very much. From what we were reading at the start, it seemed quite, like, sexless. Yeah, yeah, but when I feel like people when people talk about the book, I feel like it's always like, ooh, it's like a sexy book, you know? I don't yeah. know, that's always the I mean, impression I get. If we're got. gonna talk about the films. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the because I've seen both. Yeah. I don't have you seen both? Yeah. No, I only watched the new one. I didn't I couldn't find the crime, that's one. a crime. I know, but because I, I, I couldn't find the other one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, um apparently the nineteen ninety seven T V adaptation is the best. Oh, I've never, I don't, I don't no, I've never with, even heard um, of that. With Amelia Fox and, um, what's her name? Let me see. I disagree on every level. Also, I know I guess it's the most um, close to the book. because well, some the, of the Hitchcock like, one was... It's, no, it changes it's one, from what I've seen. It changes, changes some um, bits, but like as an adaptation, I feel like it stays yeah, really close. Are, like a lot of things are just quoted. Yeah. I think there's definitely some problems that were It's to do with the time that it was to, made. to fix yeah. the Because the it, it wasn't allowed to be explicitly gay because it was made in 1940, which was actually only two years yeah. after the book came out. And which also, is kind of wild. The, they changed the ending because in the, in the movie, they say that um, Maxim shot her as an accident. Yeah. When, in fact, that's not implied in the novel. No, but in the other one, she like it was like he she was asking him to shoot him. Yeah. Like in the new one with Army Hammer and Lily James, she, he was like, yeah, and then she said, please shoot me. I was like, what? But in it the was book, so she, confusing. It, she's kind of like laughing at him. Oh, so the 1997 one has Charles Dance as Maxim, Diana Rigg as Mrs. Danvers, and then Amelia Fox, really young Amelia Fox. 
as Mrs. De Winter. And people are like, it's probably the closest casting wise as well because he looks 20 years older than her because he was 20 years older Ooh, than her when yeah, they filmed. He does. Mm. She was really young and he was like in his 40s, in his yeah. early 40s. That's why Army Hammer doesn't work for me. He really yeah. doesn't. Because I know he, he has is... the creepiness of it, oh but God, that, I yeah. think that's just what the connotations we have after it. Like, I feel like <laughs> if I saw that before. But I think the character, as the way he plays it, isn't supposed to be creepy. Like, it's not as creepy as he is in the book. Nowhere near. Mm. Yeah. He's just more demanding. I think he was trying to... They were definitely trying to create some sex appeal. They were, yeah. And I don't think... I I don't really think... I agree with you. I don't think it worked. Because it was was clearly trying so hard to inject this sexuality that the book just does not have. Make it more modern at the same time. Which is just... And Lily James is awful in it. She is. She's really bad. Like, the the bit when... um, I really didn't like the way they had the... um, Rebecca's room. I thought that was weird um with the silver i just mm. i just thought that it was very it was like a mirror and i'm sure there was some sort of metaphor but i just didn't think it was it felt I, so i really jarring. don't think there was i think it was trying too hard to just do it something like i don't think it was that smart it reminds me of really the new like... great gatsby i think that does work better yeah i think in that one they could do that and that does work. With but yeah, it's literally just like a Netflix original. Yeah. There's like from three the different novel, like... films going on within that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think that they, but specifically that bit when Mrs. Danvers is kind of like threatening her and like putting the, the Rebecca's like nightgown up to her face and stuff. Yeah. And she just like, Lily James just falls on the floor for no reason. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, the actress who plays Mrs. De Winter in um, the Hitchcock version mm. is impeccable she's i yeah. think she's a, an incredible actor and i think probably lily james looked at her and tried to do like yeah. the sort of shy tones but it doesn't work with lily james because she's not very like a shy actor no yeah like even from the I start she's she shy too, like, well no i think she's, she's better too intense and, like funny like, yeah because i feel like that's kind of how she is like in in the hitchcock movie you always feel like she's like made of china you always feel like she's right on the edge of breaking mm. so that when she does and when she's the i am mrs de winter now it's just brilliant yeah. it's incredible yeah also i think that the somehow the newer film managed to lose all of the tension that was in the book like yeah especially with the court scene and things in the book it, it kind of picks up the pace and it sort of slowly starts to unravel mm-hmm. but in the film they're just like ha it was maxim all along and then they're like it oh was maybe maxim not all along. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but then it, but, and in the book it's it's like it looks like he's going to get away with it and then it's they start to throw a few spanners and then he does obviously eventually kind of kind of mostly get away with it yeah yeah but it's uh, and it's it, but it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, um, and a it, lot more. it made me like the. I got through that last half of the book so quick. Yeah, yeah. me too. It's just like you can't, uh, you can't read enough. Yeah, and like, you're just so hungry. It to... took me like a week and a half to get through, and then I got through the second half in like half a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's that that yeah. Uh, there's. I think she really is good at creating um, dynamics. Yeah, in yeah. the novel. Um, but the, the pacing of the film was nowhere near. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, think it was just trying to grasp at too many genres, maybe. Yeah. That's what and I mean. it never really fully got one of them. That's what I mean by yeah. saying there's like three films within yeah. the film. And I think Mrs. Danvers is acting in an entirely other film 
from the other three? Yes, yeah. I've read a, a brilliant article on that, um, actually, which was talking about how they think that she is the best actress. Yeah, I um, think she was really good. However, she's acting for the Hitchcock melodrama version. Yeah. She's not acting yeah. for this wet, wet cloth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Netflix adaptation. So that instead of seeing all the you know incredible acting that she's doing, she comes off as like uh, comedic relief. Yeah. yeah. And the Hitchcock film, from what I've read, obviously I haven't seen it, I think the changes that are made make sense for the time. Yes. Mm. Whereas in this new adaptation, the changes that are made make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I think like, they want to make it no... like appealing to a modern audience. Yeah. But they could have just done that by like, because it's quite like, I feel like it has like a cult following kind of, like the book yeah. Rebecca. Yeah, but like it have they have they Had they made it like just normally... It would have had the appeal yeah. because people who want to see Rebecca anyway would see it and love it if yeah. it was. It's I think the like, changes oh. were to make Army Hammer more sexy yeah, and less abusive. Whereas mm-hmm. in the book, he's very clearly gaslighting her, mm. and I think that that really doesn't come across in the film. And like from what we know about Army Hammer now, he would be able to play <laughs> that really well. Yeah, yeah. And Laurence Olivier does a great job of the. Kind of, you don't know what he's going to do next. Yeah. In the Hitchcock movie, and yeah. if anyone listening to this hasn't seen the Hitchcock version, um, I know it's very difficult to find, but just ask all of your friends. Do you own it? Do you have it? Do you have it on DVD? Go to your local library. It yeah, will probably be yes. there. Yeah. I just don't have anything to play yeah. DVDs on. I think what you were talking about earlier with the kind of cult following of the book mm. is kind of interesting to talk about because I, Rebecca, is actually the UK's favourite book. Is it? Yeah, yeah it was. was. Yeah, it was voted a few years ago. Which I think is really interesting, and I don't know, what what do you think about that book? Yeah, that's actually quite surprising. I said this to Amelia yesterday when I was working, it was a girl in the cafe, I was like reading Rebecca, and like I could just, like, I went up to her, I was like, I'm reading Rebecca at the moment too, and she immediately was like, hell yeah, girl, we had a little conversation about it, mm-hmm. but it was just like, you could... I don't know, there's a kind of person, like, and I feel like we all kind of fit that stereotype. Like, it's people are, like, it's the same thing was when we read The Bell Bell Jar, and probably the same thing as when we'll read Virginia Woolf. I think Sylvia Plath took a lot of inspiration from Daphne Tomorrow. It's the sexy bitches cult. I, but also... (laughs) Kind of sad, kind of sexy. Like, my dad doesn't read, ever, Mm. at all, okay? He's one of those men that just don't do it. Yeah. yeah, we all know one. Yeah. yeah, but he loves Rebecca. Oh wow! And he will stand by that novel over anything, which it's really it spans um, it spans ages. It spans like generations of people, and yeah. I think that comes down to how it's actually surprisingly accessible as a novel. I think it is. Yeah, apart from like I felt like the first hundred pages. Yeah. My my version had like three hundred forty pages, so like the first maybe seventy pages were really quick for me and the last like 150 were really quick for me yeah but I think the middle bit when she's yeah, already it there it's just a bit like hard to yeah I yeah I, I, I get that bit what was it's going well on paced. um and yeah. I think a lot of modern classics are like that see for me I never really heard anyone talk about it like it's one of those books where I always saw it in shops and things and obviously it's my sister's name hi Becky um, so I'm always like haha it's Becky's book but I never really 
saw it as a very popular classic. Mm-hmm. And I've been to Foy quite a bit where um, Daphne de Maria is from and there's lots of, there's a great bookshop in Foy. If anyone's ever in Foy, there's sort of near the harbour as you're going back towards the harbour. Um, when you come down, there's a massive hill and you come down the hill and then the bookshop's kind of on the corner as you get to the bottom of the hill. So it's a nice place to stop off before you get your pasties. And all of them, <laughs> they have loads of Daphne de Mario books. And so I see it, I've seen it in there, and it's sort of followed me around, but it was just one that I never really considered reading. Ironic. I also think, <laughs> yeah, I also think that it's one that, maybe it's because it's not on a lot of school syllabuses. I think because there's a lot of undertones that can't really, that there's a lot and of, I like, also think slightly inappropriate for teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> you know and, what I mean? Um, I also think that, they wouldn't really want you to read around the... Um, yeah, book. because there's a lot of, like, yeah, I mean, abuse. And then yeah. what you were saying about her dad. Yes. And because their family is so, like, weird, that it's not, like, Jane Austen making be like, oh, yeah, and she lived with her cousins. Yeah. And she wrote about the well, Regency oh, period. Like, yeah. Oh, Mary Willencroft Shelley went on holiday and they wrote ghost stories. Yeah, yeah. but even if, even with her, she had a bit of a, oh, a freaky sex life, didn't yeah, she? But, but there are things, like, to look around, you know, yeah, that yeah, could still yeah. make it, you know. Yeah, and also you can be like, ha, 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 she shagged on her mum's tomb, yeah. but then on her, wait, on her mum's grave. Oh, wait, yeah. have you know, Mary Shelley lost her virginity on her mum's grave. No. That's what I was saying. Sorry. Yeah, but it's kind of like that's pretty cool. It's not quite as disturbing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to feel because it's kind of like uh, it was her and Percy. They were just like, like yeah. I I guess it's kind of cool, but it's also a bit weird. Have you seen the Mary yeah. Shelley film with um no I have Fanning? It's really good. You should watch it. Do they do that? In- no, yeah. it's kind of implied, oh my but you God. don't actually see it. No, they're like they're well. like kissing mm. at the grave. Yeah. Yard. But also, a lot of um, Daphne du Maurier's other work is quite disturbing. Especially oh, have her you sh- read her other books? I've read her short stories, mm. and they are mad. Yeah. They are really... A lot of them were written when she was very young mm. as well, and I think they were also written in a period where like the abuse was still going on. Mm. She, she definitely had a lot of problems with sex and mm. with women understanding... Um, sexual identity maybe yeah. that's why i was i was kind of wondering why she married a soldier because he'd from he seems to be very different to how she was brought up like he's very traditional mm-hmm. regimented mm-hmm. kind of man so maybe it was that she found him less maybe just threatening issues less threatening maybe because he was like he was so different from the rest of her family yeah perhaps it's because Obviously, like, it's the sexual freedom that her parents sort of exploited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, then maybe by marrying a man who was so, mm-hmm. like, traditional. It, yeah. Maybe I, they just maybe she just thought that he wasn't going to try and have and sex with her. And also, at that time, I feel like just everyone probably was a soldier. Like, That's maybe true, she yeah. couldn't have really That's true. gone around and there. So but, there's this opinion that I had to deal with recently because I studied Rebecca as part of my drama course Mm -hmm. um which was about Daphne du Maurier being a misogynistic writer Mm, and if she I never really got to grips with the idea but it's definitely something that's been brought up in a lot of critical essays that she almost writes from a man's perspective and treats treats female characters Um, because I I think that the book makes you want to 
think that um, Maxim has only given you his side of the story. It doesn't let Rebecca have a voice, but there's a reason for that. So I think if you take it at face value, you can maybe be like, oh yeah, it is misogynistic because we're only seeing Maxim's point of view. But I think she wants you to question it. She wants you to see him as the gaslighting. No, because apparently she wasn't happy with the way that a lot of people were interpreting it because a lot of people were interpreting it as like very face value. But she she sort of like had that really subtle underlying thread of him being abusive, being gaslighting, yeah. not not giving Rebecca a voice because he wouldn't give Rebecca a voice. I definitely see that, and I read it that way, but I think that is quite a mo- Like, I don't think most people would have read it's, it's it that kind way. Of, it's a kind of like, but I think that's the way yeah. she meant it. And I think you can see that by her not giving the protagonist a name because I think that sort of feeds into her not giving Rebecca a voice she's also not giving her narrator an identity um and I think that's on purpose I don't know because I think that the way we see her mindset because we're meant to sympathize with the narrator Mm. I think like we're meant to identify with her see Mm. it from her point of view and the things she wants are I felt like at least for like reading it as a modern audience, it does feel very like very classic typical. and conservative. Yeah. Yeah. About um, how and even for that time, because like 1938 really is a lot later than what we like. A lot of like, I don't know as much about the literature from the 30s, but I know quite a lot about the films from the 30s. It's and they only were 80 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And like they were like there was a lot of sex in them. There was like gay people in film. Yeah. And like it was all quite modern like it was after the 20s and stuff like people yeah they're quite open which is why i think that things and i think she could have written it a lot more feminist if she'd wanted to yeah but i i I like that it's subtle and i think that i think there is an argument for the book punishing women but i again think that's to show the imbalance of power Mm. i think it's less that daphne as a writer is punishing her the women in her books i think it's more she's showing the way that society punishes the women in the books i think she's showing society as she sees it rather Mm. than pushing her own like misogynist ideals Mm. so i think i think it's more of like a snapshot of the way she sees the world yeah i don't think the protagonist suffers too much under that i think she's kind of accepting of it well, I mean, well, if you read the yeah. start as the conclusion, she's not happy at all after the end of the book. It tries mm. that the ending tries to convince you that the their relationship was romantic, but you when you read this reread the first chapter, yeah, then it's not romantic at all. And the, the new film is really, really guilty of that. Like mm. it's kind of the with the ending of them like li- sort of living together in is it like Morocco? No, Cairo. Cairo. Mm. Yeah, and they're living together in Cairo, and they seem kind of happy. But the beginning of the book, which is then like the cyclical ending, they're not happy at all. Yeah, she's, and she's like, like trapped. Like of the past. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you, um, yeah. well, I was thinking when I read that that it's purposefully written in a misogynistic, mm. misogynistic way. Yeah, that that's how it is. But because the demure, uh, clean, innocent virg- virgin stereotype comes out on top in the end. Yeah. Um, that she's saying something about female sexuality. She's saying that, like, because Rebecca symbolizes so much of that sexual Sex, freedom, yeah. the idea that, um, well, I think we could talk about this later, but kind of the, the, the masculinity um, that Rebecca 
symbolizes i think she's she's kind of like because that is talked about i think at one point that she was like a a man she was very there's also mm. there's a lot of tension between her and mrs danvers which then (laughs) you just want to make everything gay i'm I'm not the only one who's read it that way (laughs) the the way that mrs danvers like holds up her underwear and like Mm -hmm. sniffs it that's yeah. very. That's a little bit. Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that Mrs. Danvers wasn't. Uh, yeah, but I think. To... Yeah, no, I think she's definitely sexually attracted to Rebecca. I don't know if they had a, like a relationship, but there's definitely some sort of like obsession. Yeah. Well, either it's one way or both ways, because we only see Mrs. Danvers' point of view because Rebecca's there. Also, I was going to say I think we also need to take it in contact context of it being at least heavily inspired by Jane Eyre. You think it's inspired by? Okay. Yeah. Some people call it an adaptation mm. of Jane Eyre, yeah. but I think it's more that it takes a lot of inspiration. So we also then need to look at Rebecca as the mad wife of mm-hmm. Mr. Rochester. So then I think that maybe Rebecca's sexual freedom is equivalent to her being like this mad woman, um, which obviously is like throughout history and throughout literature, there is always like the mad woman and I think even in society now yeah exactly <laughs> um but apparently tolerate it is Rebecca is a Rebecca is based on Rebecca I, I interesting do hope so. yeah no that's what I was reading apparently it's it's it it does it's, like American literature yeah but it's British okay we need to cut that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she likes British. literature yeah, yeah she yeah. likes a modern classic yeah she does um, there was a controversy that Rebecca was completely ripped up from this um Spanish yeah book and also the birds yeah but the fact that i think Mm -hmm. the fact that it is so heavily inspired by jane eyre i think that maybe these other books were also inspired by jane eyre or that it is just a classic Mm storyline obviously you've got like the abusive man and the mad ex-wife and the much younger current romantic partner yeah and yeah and i think that that I, th- I definitely think there's a there's a interesting essay in sitting down and comparing what Rebecca says about women compared to Jane Eyre. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So you've basically got the two stereotypes mm-hmm. in um, Rebecca and Mrs. De Winter. Yeah. Well, the new Mrs. De Winter. Which I think is then echoed from Jane Eyre. Re- yeah. Yeah. Which are in the some of the criticism that I was reading that what they're actually controlled with by is not Maxim. It's not the men in the book. It's actually Manderley. Manderley mm-hmm. is a symbol for the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. This very old, you know, stone thing that controls both of them, yeah. which is why Rebecca leaves it so often to go to London, which is a symbol of new sexual freedom. freedom yeah, and with, the Old Beach House. Yes, and, and the house as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but while... Um, Mrs. De Winter spends so much time at Mandalay and actual actually struggles to get to grips with it, um, but but really wants to exist within it. Yeah, and I just found that very interesting. Yeah, and I do think that it might be written misogynistically on purpose, in yeah. a way for you to look at it and understand the flaws in it. But at the it's probably because she was fairly forward thinking because at the time you would read it and like Amelia was saying. Yeah. Um, it's probably really been misinterpreted. I but think so too. If I may just yeah. say something. Yes. Um, no. <gasps> Go on. Um, I, I wanted to talk be about our guest. The, uh, <laughs> the kind of internal aspects of the novel. If mm-hmm. we think about it in a more kind of close reading 
way. Yes. Um, there's Demore's writing style mm-hmm. in Rebecca. I loved it. Is me too. Yeah. I really, I really loved it. Uh, and but if you if you notice through a lot of it, um, Mrs. De Winter has all these daydreams. She's often writing in the future tense. Mm. Yes. Or, or in like an imaginary tense for three pages, mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting and kind of shows maybe that De Maurier really, uh, really, what's the word? Like it's very much like a diary entry, yeah. almost, yeah. It's Yeah, it's kind of escapism. It's kind of um, the importance of introspection, um, but also what can happen if you're too introspective. <laughs> um and does create an uncertain atmosphere because mm. you're not sure because it happens for multiple pages. Yeah. It could be like three to five pages that she's talking in in the past with Rebecca or in the future about what Maxim's gonna think about something. Yeah. Um the the present and that imaginary tense, this imaginary world she's come up with can often be quite hard to differentiate from, mm. which is what creates the the uncertainty and the eeriness of the novel. I definitely felt a uh, a literal uneasiness when I was reading that. And that's why when it kind of breaks and the action starts to pick up in the uh, final... Yeah. The, while, the, while the action starts to pick up and um, it becomes more choppy and, you know, you... I think at the end of the novel that imaginary voice also happens as well. And you've got the action, but then you've got, you know, the past and Rebecca and everything's yeah. intertwined. But it feels to me like a little bit more calmer near the end when she can finally have, like, a more... These, like, how it's written, like, successful relationship mm. with Maxine when they finally mm. fully understand each other. I feel like that calms her internal monologue <laughs> yeah. down, yeah. at least, a bit. Like, it's confusing as a whole. Like, the whole situation becomes more stressful and somehow she becomes a lot more calm. Mm-hmm. But just that blend of the two worlds yeah. definitely created a feeling for me, which I think is one of Demaria's strengths when it comes to the yeah, actual writing. Agree. What did we think about the ending? Because obviously that is then the same as Jane Eyre, very similar. Apart from you have a Fire. little bit of an epilogue. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> burn, burn the fucking house down. But I also think I'm not sure about the Hitchcock film, but the new film was really scared to end it just with the house in flames. Yeah. And also... Yeah. But does the Hitchcock Dan- film, does it have something yeah. after? No, it's just the yeah. house in flames. At the you end. you see Mrs. Danvers. Yeah, she dies, doesn't she? Yeah, she... I in never, the film. And she, I, yeah, I never and she dies in that, that film. Up no, she doesn't in die the book. in the book. She no, okay. Book. I was like, she, am I going yeah. mad? Or? Because we don't even know that she started the fire in the book. It could have been Jack. I, I, does she survive in She's No, we don't. We never see her again. We don't know. But so, she's she's not in the house. She's already left at that point. So she does not die. Yeah, again. And yeah. in the... um in the new version, she throws herself off a cliff. Which I thought yeah. was weird. And yeah. I thought, why did but you it add It kind of makes sense because then she's going into sea to be with yeah. Rebecca. But Rebecca isn't in there anymore. Yeah, so I what guess are you doing? So, yeah. And like... Uh, it just felt like... Why yeah. did you add another setting to this? I think, yeah. I think yeah. by... Uh, maybe by killing off Mrs. Danvers... The both of the films are then showing the fact that they're written by, they're um, directed by men. men. 
Yeah. They're, they're, try, they're trying to punish the women. They're upholding yeah. the patriarchy. The, um, I also think that the new film in particular really, you could tell that it was directed by a man mm-hmm. in a lot of ways with the mm-hmm. shots. Of, maybe it is because he was trying to make it more sexy and things. But he was a horror director. So you, yeah. have, you, you would have thought see, that he would have made it There were like more horror bits in it in the book, I'd say. Like, yeah. the weird sleepwalking bits and some of, like, the jump scares and stuff, I was like, it just feels out of place and, like, yeah. jarring rather than... Yeah, it felt like it was like trying to scare you. Yeah. yeah. Rather than trying to make you feel But, like, the shots uneasy. of the sea and, like... But I think yeah. the book itself is does a really good job of making you feel uneasy. Yeah, but yeah. not in a scary way. No, to me, no, no, yeah, like, in I more actually, of a thriller yeah. way than a horror way. Mm. I, I actually I think that it makes makes it even more jarring than just a few jump scares because it's like you know kind of oh sexy nice pictures um why did you put random special effect in here but let's move on um and then jump scare you're like oh okay yeah especially because it's most of the time it's like mrs dampers or like a person who's suddenly like hello and i'm like i get that they want it to make like she's always being surrounded by these people she doesn't know but it just doesn't I prefer what? yeah. I prefer the the feeling of the house kind of being the presence around her. Yeah, yeah, I really think that's some that's something that's interesting to talk about. Is Mandley as the protagonist as a whole? Yeah, as the yeah. protagonist. Yeah, I th- I was kind of thinking that as I was reading it. I was like, maybe the house is the main character. Yeah, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's the main, main character. character vibe. Main no, character. I think yes. that the creepiest part of the book for me was when she so, sort of towards the start, but when they're already at Mandley. When she's on the phone to to Mrs. Damage, Miss Damage says Mrs. De Winter, and she said Mrs. De Winter's dead. Yeah, and then that just like creeped me out so much because I like you kind of know that it's someone on the phone who's talking to her, not talking to Rebecca, but she's kind of all you can already see she's already in the head that she isn't Mrs. De Winter. It's still Rebecca that's Mrs. De Winter, and she's being like haunted by Rebecca internally, and none of that was in the film. Yeah. By the way, did you? watch the films first or did you read the book first i actually can't remember i know i watched i think i watched the hitchcock film first Mm, okay and then i read the book because i like and you read the book first yeah 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 i really was like i really didn't know what the plot was gonna be Right. No, I didn't either. I had no idea. And I feel like my mind's changed so many times during... Because obviously from the very start, you know, Rebecca's going to be important because, well, it's the title. Yeah. But from the very start, like, I think there was, like, a mention somewhere when... What was the... Ben, the guy, the the crazy yes. guy from Nidia Cottage. He said something like, is she coming back? And, and then Mrs. Denfers was in the West Wing. And I kept thinking, she's alive, she's just hiding there. Like, Rebecca still... Like in Jane Eyre. Yeah, like, she's still alive, and she's just, like, moving around, and they've just, like, hidden her yeah. away. Yeah, and I think that's the question um, of it as well. Mm-hmm. But then, after that, I stu- I kept having, like, different... I-, I feel like I figured out quite early that he actually had killed her um, and didn't love her, but I feel like because the book was, like, giving me these different little, like, snippets of, like... What do you call them? That's a word for them. Yeah, like hints that I kept thinking like, oh, I know what the plot's going to be. I feel so smart. And then it just like kept twisting yeah. away from that and like going towards a different ending. It's kind of and like, like Mandalay, like the whole yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I very think interesting done so well. how the book manages to make Rebecca into the villain mm. in a way. 
Because she's just a sexually liberated woman. Yeah. Like, maybe she is a bit cruel to men. That was another thing I thought it was going to do. I thought but, it was going to do... Well, she really the... done wrong. I mean, she's kind of... She shagged her cousin. That's not great. But, like... It's her choice, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, but she did manipulate, like... That's what we're told. People. Yeah. We yeah. don't We don't know that. Yeah, and I think if you... You would you would feel manipulation. Yeah, but what we see by... from Mrs. Danforth and how she treats the protagonist. Uh, yeah, I think Mrs. Danforth um, And is how more... close really related they are. Like, tightly yeah. knit, so I feel like they probably have, like, similar th- mindsets. Yeah, I, 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 I think that way. Mrs. Danvers actually shows a softer side to Rebecca. Yeah. That yeah. she um, actually did care about somebody. Yeah. But also yeah. what we hear from Ben and how He's Rebecca had treated... Her. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah. Treat, he did. I treat do. Her I just badly. think it would be yeah. interesting to hear Rebecca's side of the story. But yeah, so the plotline I thought was going to happen like halfway through. That was my second thing. I thought that she was going to change into Rebecca slowly, like a kind of like Dorian Gray, oh. Jekyll and Hyde situation. Well, like oh. she was going to become Rebecca. Like when she looked in the mirror, used her brush, and then like had the little like <laughs> Joy UK. I'm just going to start. Amelia's just hopping around the room now. <laughs> My foot is so numb, it feels like I'm wearing a big boot. Oh, no. I had that yesterday when I exited the tube, but I nearly fell on the station. <laughs> oh no. But it's that right. would have been a cool plot as well. We're just having a change like, of perspective. If anyone's listening in headphones, I'm over here now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it feels better. Nice. Oh, magic. Rebecca as the villain. Yes. You already said that you don't think that she... I think she's more of a victim. A victim. Yeah, and I. but I also think that because we're... Because she's dead, she doesn't have a voice. We're hearing it from the husband who doesn't like her. But I think it's presented as if she does have a voice because she's not presented as a dead character. Like her no, presence is like gone. An absent presence. Yeah, and like even in moments when, um, like, people aren't specifically talking for her. Yeah, there's still like a kind of like evil presence around yeah. her. I just I wouldn't necessarily call her evil. I would maybe call her, like, manipulative or, like, the yeah, fact that she but... uses men. But I don't necessarily think that that makes her evil. I think Maxim is more evil than she is. Yeah, I... But then again, I think that he's just a symbol for, like, the the men that do women wrong. I felt... I don't know. I think maybe it had something to do with, with the writing. But Mrs. De Winter's voice, I felt, was so convincing mm-hmm. and... um so lost that I I ended up sympathising with her. I said, yeah, I definitely sympathise with her. Because I don't think sympathising with Mrs. De Winter is the same thing as villainising Rebecca. No. No, no, I do. It's a a helpful way out. (laughs) Yeah. And means you have to do less thinking about it. But, yeah, I definitely felt that sympathy because when you're in the dark about that, of course you think that Rebecca is yeah. the most amazing yeah. person. If everybody around you is saying, oh, we love Rebecca, you know, you're nothing like Rebecca, yeah. you're definitely going to develop some kind of spite against her. Yeah, yeah. especially if her dead presence is, like, around there and it feels so overwhelming. Like, yeah. she was, like, <laughs> she was, like, drowning in, like, the presence yeah. of Rebecca being there. Yeah, and I blame Max for that quite a lot. Yeah. Because I think that he was wrong in marrying her and not being honest with her mm. and and taking her there and sort of trapping her and not giving her any of the freedom that she was used to and not explaining to her about Rebecca. He didn't even need to say he killed her. He'd just been like, oh, I never loved her. Like, she, she wasn't the person that everyone else thinks that she was behind closed doors sort of thing. Mm. 
And then that would have given her some reassurance. Yeah, I mean, even still, you never, you, you don't really like your partner's ex. No, no, you? but I didn't, I didn't think that... <laughs> they could have saved, like, but humanity. But she doesn't, she doesn't like... villainise Rebecca, first of all. Mm. She just sees her as a threat. She doesn't, like... She's not like, oh my god, she's a horrible person. I also think it's not ever actually about Maxim and her. I think there's some kind of jealousy going on. Yeah. But it's not jealousy over Maxim. It's jealousy over her freedom and her power as a with, woman. As a woman. Because yeah. you see that when she is talking to the servants and Maxim's family. And you can tell that there's really a lack of... She has a lack of agency, Mr. Winter, just as a woman, yeah. just as a person. And maybe that gets intensified by the fact that she feels inferior to Rebecca. But I do think that the jealousy is has nothing to do with Maxim. Perhaps, you know, at the end of the novel, she could kind of care less. Yeah. It's yeah. just about... I think she's jealous of Rebecca's confidence. Yeah. And I think that that kind I of shows... I was jealous think... of Rebecca's confidence. Yeah, and I think that shows with how Mrs. Danvers wants her to change the menu like Mrs Danvers yeah. wants her to be more like Rebecca and be like I want things this way and this way and she's more happy for it to just sort of happen and then she just yeah. sort of goes with it mm-hmm. which um, also like as soon as she hears that Rebecca wasn't perfect I yeah. feel like that might have helped like the, not necessarily that Maxim didn't love her yeah but just that she wasn't this like mythological almost yeah. like, like Rebecca's way of doing things wasn't the perfect way to do things it was just yeah. a way to do things and she could do it and however like she wanted to do yeah. as well yeah I do like Rebecca as mm. a character I think she's a very compelling character and I, th- I think is a interesting novel where she is the protagonist yeah mm. though I don't know if I'd want to write that I like I think there is a book where I I, I don't know like if I, her being mysterious yeah, and not yeah, knowing like about her. I also don't know if I could. I think, honestly, nothing could do Rebecca justice. Yeah. And, and perhaps that's why she doesn't have a voice in the novel, because she's this character who, you know, no yeah. amount of explanation or no amount of... She was just far too complex to ever be yeah. realised. Which is, I was really scared before watching the films that they were gonna make her a character with like yeah. flashbacks and stuff, and I was really happy yeah. that that yeah, didn't happen in both. Okay, in so that Rebecca's like, tale that would have ruined her mystery. Was written by Sally Bowman, who wrote the afterward of my book of the book, the copy that I've got, which is really interesting. Written in two thousand and one, um, which is approved by the Demorias estate continues ah. the original plot and it's also consistent with the 1993 sequel Mrs. De Winter by Susan Hill. She wrote that quickly. Woman in Black. She wrote Woman in Black. Oh. Um, oh so I, I bet that's that. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one's 2001. It's set two decades after the death of Rebecca De Winter. Follows the attempts of the former magistrate Colonel Julian to uncover the truth behind her enigmatic life and death with the help of his daughter and a mysterious young scholar. There is also a prequel section which reproduces the journal that Rebecca wrote before she died. I'm just not sure if I'd want to read it. Because you know when you're like... Like, I think Harry Potter is probably the best example of this. Like, you've read the books. Yeah. But now their characters in my brain are completely different because of fan fictions. And, like, the more of specifically. <laughs> like, yeah. they are different people than they are just oh, yeah, presented in the, the book. Dudes. Great. It's good, yeah. I never got into Harry Potter fan fiction. Like, I you read all the young dudes. I know, but... You know, I feel really bad about saying this, but Harry Potter, my life for Harry Potter has really fizzled out. Mm. Yeah, which is why I, I like agree, but I like... I, I don't... That's honestly my fear of growing up 
well actually I don't really have a fear of growing up anymore I'm feeling much more mm. confident about that I think that's university yeah. but um, I realise I'm growing up now because I'm like some of the stuff that I really used to yeah. be into I just can't connect with anymore because yeah. that's not where I am in life yeah. I think the way I've about that. that Harry Potter is that it defined a certain part of my life and I yeah. still have like nostalgia for it mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily I can I can be critical of it yeah. it's not like a perfect thing like I wrote my children's essay essentially tearing a lot of it down mm. I don't it's, like reading books similar to Harry Potter anymore. No. like I feel like w- once I start like YA now it really has to be incredible for me to like it like I yeah I had that when I read it wasn't Shadow... Was it Shadow of Bone? I read Was it Six of Crows? You wrote Shadow of Bone. Yeah. Like, I was like, this just feels like something I really would have enjoyed. Yeah. Six of Crows is Six years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. But now just the idea of starting something that's, like, not set Written. in this world. Yeah. It just kind of doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of yeah. get that. Yeah. Perhaps it's just being... Becoming a bit more of a realist. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also think that it's a lot of them have the same tired tropes and yeah. Shadow and Bone is definitely guilty of that and I don't think Six of Crows but is. But even like reading something else like science fiction-y or something completely different that isn't something I've read before just feels maybe it's just like a phase I'm in right now. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just, a big fan of science fiction. Yeah. I do I like that. Don't mm. I think I, I just like a well-told story. Yeah. Mm. I don't know maybe I'm quite curious about new things and, yeah. and also things that could go wrong. And I think maybe that's it. Like, the plot, to me, feels less important now than the, the like, mental journey mm-hmm. people go on. Oh, we can bring this back to Rebecca. Yeah. What genre did you think Rebecca was? Gothic. Yeah, Question I would mark. say gothic. Because I don't actually think... With the house it, and the the mad wife and the creepy... Stuff. Maybe it's I, I, do, like, I do think it's Jekka. gothic, but... I think it's a bit late to be gothic. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's like, like gothic revival. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah, it it's is. like late fantasy actor. But yeah. yeah, I think it's maybe then a revival of fantasy actor. Mm. It, it kind of feels like it. it's almost its own genre mm. in a way. Yeah. You do get those gothic elements, you know, definitely. Yeah. I think that Neo defines... Neo-gothic. Yes. Neo-gothic. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Yeah. Neo-neo-gothic. Post-neo- Post-neo-gothic. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it in, almost as a standalone novel that just incorporated a couple different things. Yeah. Like, definitely gothic, but... And I do think there's hints of melodrama mm, there. Yes. But it couldn't have been written now, I feel like. Like, if someone brought something like this out now, I don't think people would have accepted it the same way. Like it. I think people would like it, but I think it... I don't know, part of its success, I think, is due to the fact that when it was published... And then now reading it, I really like it. But I also have in mind that it wasn't released like mm. yesterday. Well, I, think I guess there's going to be could... a like gothic horror revival in the mainstream. Yeah, in books over the next few years. I, I really so. do. I think with COVID and everything as well, yeah. but that's all being in our but houses. I think with the estates and like the servants and stuff. There's been yeah, a lot maybe of there like, will. there's been a lot of history books recently. Mm. I yeah, think. Hamnet. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's what comes next. I think. Once we go through oh, all that, of Oh, sorry, the... that's more what I mean, though. Like, it's set in a historical period. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, but like, what, if something what like... What would a gothic book look like if it came out today? Like, and what's the set in the modern day? I feel like it would be more, like, metropolitan. Like, something in the city, like, maybe with, like, trains. 
<laughs> trains. Trains, but like tube lines maybe and like Yeah. Although that those have been around for a while, but Yeah. More I like a mystery. Maybe more like maybe. seeing the other people in like the city. Nice out. Yeah. Oh I love But that yeah. could nice have been a too. piece as well. Though. It could have been, but it isn't. I think maybe it is set in like because obviously people still live in big houses. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe it's more of like a a family. But I think in modern times, like, like a couple of people and their servants. Yeah. Or like Parasite. I think Parasite is a good Gothic. example of that. Yeah. Parasite. It's good. But I know, it is I like know. about the horrors of like the upper class. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I do. I know the premise. I don't know yeah. the, the plot, but I think no, it's about spoil like it. family who ends up intertwining themselves with this other family. Yeah. Been working for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, and just from that, I can totally see the the yeah. um, way that, that I think can maybe be gothic, gothic, modern gothic literature is more would horror. explore would like, really like lean into the rich poor divide in I a agree. lot of ways, and I think um, gothic, I think the gothic genre has done that quite a lot in the past, um, where it's sort of villainized or at least minority. Because what we, I mean, I haven't seen it's like the other, yeah, yeah, yeah which mm-hmm. could be someone who's in poverty or it could be someone who's like yeah minority what we saw like I, that's what i mean like i haven't seen get out yeah um but that could also be like a horror set. but then i'm not sure if that's more horror rather than gothic there is a line yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah it has to be something that alters your mental state a mm-hmm. bit when you read it and yeah uneasiness is definitely there maybe it'll be it would be set in like like how Dracula set in Whitby, but it would be set in like a more run-down coastal town. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a there could be a gothic horror that's written in a B and B. Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking like um, one that's set in a B and B in like Norfolk. Mm. You know what I mean? With the, with the with the sign swinging yeah. on the yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's, you're staying in a B and B and there's the creepy landlady, which is why I kind of like the idea of it being set like in the city, but like very very central. Yeah, with like business people all around, and then there's I think just you could something do that. like someone who's wrong. from the city who then goes to stay in a seaside town. Yeah, but I know like, that's why I'm like I quite that's like the idea of it taking place like in the city. Is, I think that could that, be cool because yeah, it's not really it, something I've seen TV show. I think. Mm. But I do like how um, I agree with you about how you you can feel that Rebecca is set in a different time. I think because yeah. estates to feel to us now feel so like old fashioned. And yeah, there's we define the idea of estates yes. in a different way to how they used to. To yeah. us, estate is old fashioned and groggy. And who even lives in and an like even the people anymore. who live yeah. in estates, we see them as like. We bored of yeah. all the people who go hunting. <gasps> yeah, let's have a, a gothic horror where all of the Tories die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's horror, I think that's your fantasy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rebecca, as we said before, is such a famous book, such a loved book. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the cult classic of books. Yeah. Going say. back to how it's quite modern as well, um, I was surprised when I was reading the book, the cars sometimes were cars and sometimes were carriages and I couldn't quite keep the fact that they were cars in my head every so often it would turn into a carriage while I was reading 
Mm. Um, but I then obviously watching the film, carriage, there's though. so many and cars, a mean just car. Just mean car. Yeah. Yeah, I think at that point there was definitely, I think there was some overlap between I know, I think that was after, because I think that was around, like, um, oh, between terms. Oh, I thought you meant between, like, people who had cars and people who had cars. No, I mean, I think between terms. It's like why, why I, fit, I find reading some older novels more like... Yeah. Uh, 19th, 18th, yeah, about 19th century quite Mm -hmm. difficult to read because a lot of the terminology that we now associate with the motor vehicle, they has been taken from, like, carriages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So difficult. Maybe there was just an overlap. Maybe, you know. There was an overlap between, like, the turn of the century up to about the First World War, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think from the 20s and 30s there was a lot more... And, like, cars became a lot more in usage. So, obviously, it was quite rich people that used carriages and then the rich people bought cars. Did you like Rebecca? Yes. I did, too. Yeah, I liked her outfit very much. Me, too. I was very happy I read it because some of, like, I feel like every book so far, I'm like, even if I didn't like it, I was very happy I read it, but this was a nice combination of the two. Yeah. I think it's the best book I've read in a few years. Mm. It's it's my one of my favourite books I've read since coming to university I would say. Have you yeah. read The Bell Jar? No. I, I feel like if, yeah, I feel like if yeah. you like Rebecca you would like The Bell Jar. It's like Rebecca but in 1960s New York. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. And a little bit more like mental health channel. Maybe that is kind of like gothic. Maybe it is. The Bell Jar. Maybe yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But, although I suppose that you wouldn't really mental be able to spiraling. recreate that now. No. Um, yeah, because mental institutions now aren't don't look no, like how they looked like, in the sixties. No, that's that's a slightly because we don't yeah. see a lot of gothic from that era either. No. So that's like a slightly more modern, yeah, gothic. But I think it might be my favorite one this year so far. Wait, what other ones have we done? We did Wind in the Willows. We did the Bell Jar, and we have done. Wait, wasn't the Bell Jar last Brooklyn. year? We did Brooklyn. Mm. I thought the Bell Jar was last January. Year. It's January. Okay, no, I did also really like the Belgia. But in a similar similar way. Yeah. I feel like they have a lot in common. I also really liked Rebecca um no Brooklyn. Mm. We've had yeah. a lot of women so far this year. We have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's We've well, got we, a man next we year. did it on purpose kind of though, because last year um, we secret didn't history. really have any the secret history. Mm. That's my favourite. No, I think I prefer this over it. It was very similar in yeah. a lot of ways. Secret history of modern gothic. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, something about the writing, just, I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah. I would spend hours and hours reading it. People would be like, Anna, go and, I don't know, like, you know, the kitchen is horrible, please clean it. I'm like, oh, I'm reading, I'm reading, leave me alone. Yeah. And I like that it was, I mean, it's not like long, long, but it is pretty long. Yeah. yeah. It's like a solid read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those books I'm definitely going to. Length. Uh-huh. So I have, there's a couple books that I We'll, we'll like buy, revisit it through revisit and also yeah. just um, buy for people when I'm like mm. you need to read a book I would do yeah. that with The Secret History I also think if you like this you should read The Secret History because you've got like this is like the, the 30s version then The Belfast <laughs> the 60s version then Secret History is the 90s version so okay okay, okay I, I will do and then Jane Eyre's like the 
19th century version. Yeah. It's universal, this novel. I don't think you have yeah. to like... I don't even think you have to like reading to enjoy this novel. I thought you were going to say yeah. women. <laughs> I mean... You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. And I feel like we've all come away with fairly similar interpretations, but there is yeah. also differentiation. Differentiation. I like that it is... A lot of it is open for interpretation. Yeah. I love a book when it leaves you guessing. Yeah. And also, like, I love a bit of, like, twisted morality. Because I don't think any of the characters are, like... I don't think any of them are completely flawless. good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think that the protagonist is very naive and I think that's her flaw. She's yeah, very young. Which is, yeah. And I, I think, think that's done to yeah. emphasize how young she is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, because she's our age. Mm. Also, that might be saying something about how Du Maurier feels that the either that there's something wrong with like um a young and old an age gap relationship or maybe I don't think that it's really like, maybe that like that's some it's either that there's something wrong with that or we should normalize that yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think it really condemns it but i think that there is I don't a definitely think... a power imbalance and yeah. i think that's more to do with the fact that he's a man and she's a woman than the fact yeah that i don't think she yeah, says like the older. age difference is wrong it's just that specific and because he's rich like he's wrong. older he's rich and he's a man so then there's automatically going to be a gap. Yeah. And, and he older wife. and rich. And, yeah. and, and he's got anger hard. issues. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. He's, he needs to go to therapy. Which is why Everyone Lawrence Olivier needs to go to therapy, is, is, Lawrence Olivier is great in, yeah. in, as that role because he has these really scary bursts of anger. But he also mm. has the very solemn, like... For me, Ami Hammer... Does he have, like, the, the, a little bit of sex, sex appeal? No, not really. Like the so I feel like, that time. Yeah, I feel like they need in yeah. the, the Max Indra. Like in the Italian. They need a bit of sex appeal. Mm-hmm. Let me, I'll not show quite. You. I think Harvey Hammer could have been a really good Max and Winter, but I just don't think that the film did. I just can't. It I, it's really, it's yeah. really annoying because I don't think he could have come after Like I think at that Lawrence time, Olivier. people found mm. him quite, like, you know, he yeah. was seen Ooh, as actually, an attractive... You know he's, kind of, he's kind of fit. Like, he's a bit older there, but I think people would have seen him as an attractive man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, had that, he had that kind of he's got like, Yeah, he's yeah. got the full And he had a little moustache. You can see how it goes Which from made that him look older. Marlon Brando. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, he's a snack. He's a weirdo, isn't he? Oh. He's, yeah, he's totally a weirdo. <laughs> 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 no, he's just like a very... He's a snack. Weird figure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think I just find him creepy. Is, is that because of um? It's because I know about. Desire? No, it's also because I I I think I before I saw any of that I knew quite a bit about him <laughs> and his relationships and his I don't know. I I didn't attitudes. But I so I just thought he was a snack. Yeah. But I was also, like, 17, so... Mm. Yeah, Which is maybe well. what some people feel like watching the new version if they don't know about Army oh, Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does make me feel like maybe I would be able to rewatch um Call Me By Your Name and not be thinking the whole time about it. I, honestly, not every time I was, when I was watching it, I wasn't constantly no, being like, oh, fucking hell, it's Army Hammer. Yeah. I was yeah. just like... Maybe it was the British accent. I, which I was okay. Know. Wasn't awful. But then really it still was just like, don't really find Army Hammer that attractive. No, no I don't find him attractive. But I think he, he worked never did. partly in the war. He, like, it's a bit too square for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Got square also, the way that his voice is like, <laughs> like yeah. an oil spill. Yeah. Also, I was also always um, 
Americans doing English accents almost always jars me. Yeah. Can I repeat that? Because I said almost yeah. always a bunch of times. Also, people with American accents playing English people. Yeah. Always jars me. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that. I agree. Um, but then in the same way, English people playing American characters yeah. generally, unless they do it well, jars mm. me. I think there's a couple of examples, like, especially recently, where the, where they do do good um, English accents. Exception, the princess switch. I was thinking, of my, one of the examples I have of uh, British people doing good American accents is Tom Holland in Spider-Man. But then or, I'm not sure if we can fully say that because it might Americans be say that it's pretty good or whatever yeah, his name is him. doing an American accent in Fifty Shades of Grey because he's oh, Irish yeah. and I, yeah, I think yeah, Irish people can do Jamie, good Jamie Dornan oh, yeah. I think Irish he's people a, he's can do snack. good American accents though because I think this, the Rebecca like, adaptation wanted what Fifty Shades had yeah <laughs> imagine is that him. modern gothic like Fifty Shades so. Darker <laughs> maybe I mean if she was trapped in the flat more if she had if Kinda. she had less agency. Yeah, you know what? If if if, if that was it's written well. It's a bit well, gothic. Yeah. Which is not like the film. It's Twilight gothic. <laughs> Maybe if it was written better. I don't know. I think it's too overtly. Like sexualizing vampires. Yeah. yeah. But not because, you know, no sex. But then Dracula kind of sexualizes vampires. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that is gothic. Yeah. And the vampire sexualizes vampires because it's based on Lord Byron. Oh, yeah. the vampire. I remember when we studied that in Renaissance. How's my hair no, still wait, wet? Was it called the vampire? What was it called? The vampire. We studied something like that in Renaissance. Do you remember? Well, the one oh, I'm talking about is romantic. Um, uh, we, look, there was something similar to that in Renaissance, okay? And it had a Y instead of where The vampire by, yeah, John William Polidori, who is based... That was the one where there was a contest with Lord Byron, Mary Shelley... And um, yeah, Percy oh, Shelley actually, and, him. You know what? and then she wrote Frankenstein and he wrote The Vampire, and it was based on Lord Byron. Yeah, ignore all of that. Um, it's actually from when I did Renaissance at A level. I did uh, Frankenstein. I really enjoyed Frankenstein. I love Frankenstein. I Frankenstein is good. one of my favorite classics up there with Dracula. I just, I know they're both also Jane Eyre. I know, I just, I do love a well written classic. I love a gothic classic, and that's why mm. I like Rebecca so much. Yes. Agreed. I think what we've learned from this is that bring back gothic literature. Yeah. Yeah. Bring bring back maybe it's there. Maybe we, I just, I never looked. Maybe we, I don't really. Maybe we need like to make ones. the gothic literature. It probably is like read. booming out there somewhere. But Okay, guys, watch this space. We're yes. going to make a competition like the um, Romantics did. Yeah. <laughs> we are the new Lord Byron, Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley, and John Do you think they Oliveri. were on the. Order? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm thinking it you was You can't more say like that, a... but I, I did a I did a mime for a drink the special. And, um, I think the there was special a and the, and the special herb. I don't know if it was the special herb. I feel like maybe it was the special poppy, or maybe the special um, fungi. No, I feel like in that time with the romantics, I feel like it was it would more likely to be the special poppy. Special poppy. Okay, yeah, and you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. Also, because they're kind of bougie. I feel like that's, that's kind of the, their vibe. I think that's definitely Lord Byron's vibe. They get someone else. They get like their servants to go pick it. Yeah, they go make it. I have. I have special poppy 
um, they had like a personalized fact. And because they it. like to travel a lot, they were on that gap year and they found the special property. <laughs> <laughs> And themselves. And themselves, yeah. Also, that was going... The uh, special property wars, was that around there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> is, that, is that why the poppy is used as a symbol for, like, the war? I don't think so. <laughs> that, I think that comes from the, the poppy fields. fields. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know what, I like the idea. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was an attempt. <laughs> oh yeah, I've just realised we don't have a guest for next month. Next month, yeah. It could be me again. If you yeah. want a different voice. Oh, really? yeah. oh, the, oh, the, oh, the, the, spanner. We're reading the spanner this year. Oh no, what's the next book called? Norwegian word. We are reading the Norwegian word this year. Um, we are here with our friend Hannah. Thank you. My name is Hannah. Um, I recently had a trichotomy, so my voice sounds like this. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> the last thing I have to say is I put some red flag emojis next to it. The, when they're on the beach and he like puts sand on her in the shape of an M and then it's sunburned onto her back, I feel like Abby haven't improvised it. That I was like, oh my god, gave, very call me by your name. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. They had so much sex in that movie. Yeah. It pissed me off. I was so annoyed because yeah. if you'd seen the... Um, yeah, the I fact mean, they're just naked on the beach together, essentially. And how they watched other people have sex through the thing and he's like, oh, no, you really want to see this. And she's like, ah, don't mind if I do. And then she's like, oh. I know, I'm like, she's supposed to be like really frigid and yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. young and... Like, and yeah. She has no idea what sex is. That's why she's like, her shyness doesn't work because it's Lily James and she's just like stomping around. Yeah, Donna. She's like going into Greece and having sex with three different men. I I can't remember what the actress is called, but the original person who played Mrs. De Winter, as I said before, was so fragile. She was like crying all the time. Oh, I don't know. Literally all the time. You'll burst into tears for random things, but, um, uh, Oh, it was Joan... Lily Joan, Joan Fontaine, Fontaine Joan Fontaine. Was that her name? Yes, that was her name. She was brilliant. I just couldn't... Oh, yeah, Joan Fontaine, yeah. Like, I couldn't see her as anyone... I couldn't see Mrs. De Winter as anyone else. Yeah. Maybe that's just the curse of a really good movie and then a, you know... A shitty version made yeah. after it. Yeah, because they could have done so much better with it. I think it would be really good if there was a adaptation of Rebecca that came out now that really explored yeah. some of the themes that we've talked about. Because I like, do get that maybe the pacing in, like, the 1940s version is slower it is than slower. Yeah. a and modern audience would want. allowed to show um, him killing Rebecca, I think that really changes the dynamic mm-hmm. of... Um, I, I, I obviously, I haven't seen it, but, like, for me, that would change a lot of the meaning of the book. Yeah. Um, because I think that then humanizes him if he doesn't kill rebecca that makes him less of a villain in some way i feel like obviously murder is like the ultimate symbol of abuse mm-hmm. um and i think that the fact that he's that's why that, i feel like the even modern if it one seems doesn't justified. seem too much like murder i feel like that no yeah but around which is what i mean like i think that no, they yeah, both yeah. which is maybe part of what i mean by it you can tell that it was written by a man because i feel like it's and it sort of sympathizes with the man yeah it does mm. But that's what I felt like reading it kind of does as well. Mm. Like reading mm. it, I felt like it did kind I'm of not sympathize sure if with I agree. him. I think, that, I think that her narrative does, but I don't mm. think the overall novel does. Mm. Um, right. And I think that if 
there was a good remake that was made now, it would lean into the dark elements like him um, killing Rebecca and the weird obsession that Mrs. Danvers has with Rebecca. It would really explore that a lot more, which I think the newer one did do okay. Mm. There's just something. Um, it just felt out of place. It is just something about the shadows and the black and white in the first one. I can see that. That forces the actors to have to act well. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. And it just really pissed me off for some reason. Like, it felt like such an important part of the book for me, the way she treated Ben. Because that was the yeah. first time I was like, she's not the yeah. person that everyone's in. Yeah. And it's cut out in both films. Like, it's not yeah, really it sure. It's not the way, like, oh, she... Like, yeah, we're not going to say she's asylum. Yeah, it's yeah. just said, oh, she's gone. Which, like, yeah. that could have been positive and or negative. How the the magistrate isn't on Max's side in the new film. And mm. I think that really shows his abuse of power. The fact that even a magistrate feels like he has to be empathetic to Maxim because he's a powerful man, because he's rich and because he can't be guilty. Yeah. There's actually one thing I did like about the new movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one change I, I liked a bit more, which I think amped up the pace, which didn't, didn't happen Party in the... Party sequence. Uh, oh. That and also that she goes <laughs> that she goes to London to on her own to retrieve the the papers. Yeah, um, I don't know. For some reason, I thought that that bit just it created some nice tension. Yeah, that other bits it works as an have. adaptation. Yeah, it, I think that works for a modern adaptation. There's certain things that you can add that don't take away, and I think that scene was one of them. I realized mm. why I didn't like it. It was because she had to hide. And she was hiding with the paper, and then there was no consequences. Yeah. She, so mm-hmm. they just found her with the paper, and she was like, look, I only read it. And then they were like, okay. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if there'd been consequences for that, but I think that kind of, they couldn't change it too much because then it would have impacted the overall plot. Yeah. And they wouldn't, have, they, he wasn't ready to commit to making that big of a change to the ending. You know, I also hated how she went horse riding with... Yeah, that was so weird. Because it felt like such a big point of the book that she never went horse riding with um, Jack in the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And stuff. It just, and she didn't like Everything him. just felt odd. And everything, he was the way he had to have a bit of sex uh, injected into it. Like, yeah, that yeah. was weird. Yeah, that's the way that she, he was, like, holding onto her thighs and yeah. things. I'm like, yeah. you don't need also, to have it. Also, that didn't have any consequences either, really. No, no. And then he was just angry at her for, like, a minute. I think it was supposed yeah. to show that, like... Lily James wasn't getting any. Yeah. Um, but, but she's not rebellious. She's not supposed to be rebellious. She was. Mm-hmm. Like, they were both, like, nude in bed together. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they were naked. But, but I think there was, like, that yeah, was after, yeah. that was after Maxim had so. gone to London and left her, so she was angry. Yeah. yeah. But she's supposed also, to be the complete opposite of that. Wait, the... another thing that really shocked me is that in the new Rebecca adaptation... He says something, it'll be the biggest scandal that we got a divorce in, like... No, that's in the old one, actually, sorry. That we get a divorce in four days after the party, like, after she's found out married. So that film takes place in, like, the first day they get married. I, th- I think the new the new book takes... The new um, film takes place in... Was it the new one that t- only takes place in, like, four days? Maybe, oh, maybe one does. No, because I think the, 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 the new one... It's a like has the honeymoon yeah. sequence and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it does. Which they don't have in the first adaptation. And then when she finds out he's killed her, he says like it will be a scandal to the town that we've divorced in four days, but I can handle it. Mm. 
Which was like maybe, maybe I think like, what it wait, might be. It was might. I an idiot? But then in the book, it does take place for, like she's waiting for like weeks yeah. and weeks to yeah. organize the party at yeah. least. What it might be is that he. It's the whole summer, I think, yeah. in the book because the flowers start to die. Yeah. Oh, that the, one of my favorite um, scenes that was written was the the smell, the smell mm. of the um, azaleas. The azaleas. Yeah. yeah, in that the like fairy tale bit, whatever it's yeah. called, I can't remember. But that Happy I Valley. Happy Valley, that was a piece of writing that I thought was just incredible. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. That felt like haunting that the scent was like following her. Yeah. Herself, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the scent was then on Rebecca's things. Yeah. 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 And just in her coat and stuff, but like in yeah. a muffled yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favourite pieces of description ever. Yeah. And I really liked the lipstick on the napkin. I thought that yeah. was a or on, on a handkerchief. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great. Yeah, it actually touch. felt she felt she felt much closer to Rebecca than to Maxine. Yeah, with all these yeah. very all of the things she found were like things that would be very close to a woman's body. Yeah, and maybe very that's intimate. like the sapphic elements. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. I, there was there was definitely some kind of attraction going on there. Mm. Yeah, she was she was like fantasizing over a dead woman. It might yeah. be the attraction that one feels when they really latch or are obsessive over a person. I yeah, think, I think I, it was more obsessive than romantic. Yeah, and definitely. I think it it highlights that there's a really like there's not much difference between any kind of strong emotion, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. that's like obsession or attraction or hatred or envy they're all they can all go from one to another yeah. to even grief like there's a there's a quite a fine line what i think rebecca's power was was that she was able to get people to be just infatuated with her yeah and like so many people you didn't have to be in love with rebecca mm. but you were basically in love with rebecca you know yeah. not only yeah. is you know, Maxim's still captivated by this after two years. She's still running around his mind. Mm. You know, she she's... lives in his head rent free. Yeah, she lives <laughs> in everyone's head rent free. You know, she does. She yeah. lives in rent free. <laughs> you know, Mrs. Danvers keeps the room exactly how she how she left it. All yeah. the family can talk about is Rebecca, mm. Rebecca, Rebecca. Um. Oh yeah, the bit with the grandmother. Yeah, that was really haunting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a change that worked quite well in the film. Because they sort of brought the her meeting Beatrice yeah, and her meeting like the grandmother together. Enough. It's cut out yeah. of the other Yeah, adaptation. but I liked yeah. that it was rather than... Because I think that kept the pacing quite good at the yeah. start. That, that was a good change that I enjoyed. Yeah. Which is another, like, in the other one, because it's only taking place in four days, the ship sinks at the night of the party. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, which kind of works it's as well. The like it's just, after, isn't yeah, it? it's but, it's the morning after. Yeah, but it like happens during the party, basically. So she's know. still running around in her dress oh, as the ship is like. Yeah. Also, um, she's like yeah. she's pressured to jump out the window on the night of the party. Yeah, that all happens like so. Like yeah. he goes down to the the ship because and yeah. then Mrs. Danvers. I think, she faces I think, Mrs. Danvers. I think in the new one she meets. Um, Mrs. Danvers and all of the weird stuff in Rebecca at different times when she's um, mm. pressured to jump out the window. Mm. I actually can't remember when that timing happens in the book. Yeah. But I know it's different. I think yeah. there's yeah, there's one that's a bit earlier on, and that's when she like shows her her dresses and yeah. her like and things. And then it's a bit later on when um, after the party when she With goes up again, yeah. she's looking for Maxim and she finds Mrs. Danvers in the room. Yeah. 
Yes. And there's another time, I think. Anyway, should we wrap it up? Yeah. yeah. Cool, that was it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, next month we're doing Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood. Bye. Muraka Murakami? <laughs> Ishiguro Muraka- Murakami. 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 Oh, well, yeah. there we go. Join along. Yeah. Who knows if we if we haven't found another guest, Anna will be back. <laughs> it's for us. Yeah, we planned up to this with. month, and then because we've been so busy with deadlines, and we also just we're like we'll be moving, so we don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, that's exciting news. Yes. Harry Potter um, Yes. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, From the 80s. So that was May. That was the 1930s. It was indeed. That was Anna. Do you have any last words? What were no, we're not going to murder you. No worries. Um, the last <laughs> words. Yes. When, you have, when next time you have a question or you're not sure what to do, just think, what would Rebecca do? And then probably don't do that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But it's nice to know. <laughs> ending music. And as... Do you have ending music? Oh, wait, no, sorry. Yes, we do. It's okay. just the same as our intro okay. tune. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram for other updates, maybe. Who knows? We'll be, um, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be posting. Yeah. Yes. Um, next month, we'll be back. Read along with Norwegian Witch. You can find us on all the streaming platforms, probably. If not, find another one. <laughs> what another podcast no another streaming oh, platform okay. yeah. <laughs> not another podcast um, yeah and as all gaslighting husbands say to their much younger second wives <laughs> goodbye oh, we'll see you in the past <laughs> ending music ending music ending music ending music, ending music.